This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Stu does America. Anyone but Biden 2024. The merch is available at stewdoesmerch.com. Use the code Stu10 to save 10%. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video right now, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications, do all the things. We appreciate it. Steve Krakauer joins me to set the record straight on mass shootings. I've got a campaign video from a brand new 2024 presidential candidate that you absolutely need to see. But we start by doing Mitch McConnell. This is a sad freaking story. I hate to have to talk to you about this again, but here we are again. A second bizarre freeze moment. Uh, He just went on pause. Mitch McConnell yesterday, Mitch McConnell's frozen moment renews questions about America's aged leaders. And if you didn't, let me just show it to you again. If you didn't see it yesterday, here's the uh, issue everyone's talking about. What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. That's just stops. Frozen. Second Did after second. Did you hear second. the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Yes. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. Penny. Yep. Both of the aides over there trying to assist. They're screaming in his ear over these questions. And then he sort of clicks back in a little bit. Okay. I mean, Somebody is, else have a question? Please speak up. Right, because the real reason there was that they, they, Mitch couldn't hear them. Uh, look, admirable effort to cover that by the aides, but it's really absurd. Uh, absurd time that we're looking at. I mean, what, how can this be happening to our country? Now, you'll be pleased to hear that Joe Biden has uh, plans to plans, not he hasn't called, but he has plans to call his good friend Mitch McConnell after Senator's second freeze. And of course, Biden can't be critical here, obviously, like he's not exactly far off from a situation exactly like this. He needs to be able to protect himself against when that moment happens to him really could be any any day now. Uh, And it's funny when you talk about Joe Biden being like the healthy guy in a comparison the guy who actually can get through, uh, I mean, look, he blurts all sorts of crazy stuff out. He slurs all of his words. You can't tell what he's talking about half the time. But I have not seen him actually pause for 30 seconds yet. He's fallen asleep for several minutes. Of course, that's happened multiple times. But so far, so good on that particular train. But Biden's not going to come out and be critical because he wants, uh, you know, number one, he kind of likes McConnell. They do have a relationship. But number two, he doesn't. He knows the questions about him are constant as well. Now, Mitch McConnell, the speculation is he may be freezing up in public because he's having small seizures, uh, doctors are suggesting. Uh, look, it's possible. I will say this, Glenn, who has, uh, has daughters who have seizures, has talked about how sometimes something somewhat similar to that can happen with a certain type 
of seizure. It's possible that's what it is. Um, you know, look, it's the second time it's happened and it's a real problem right now. Um, I, I hope that it's something that's gonna go away. They're trying to say that it's you know, dizziness and lightheadedness. Look, I've seen people be lightheaded before. I, it happens to me occasionally. Everyone gets dizzy every once in a while. It doesn't look like that. That's something totally different. Now, the Capitol physician has medically cleared McConnell after his health scares prompt new questions over his leadership position. First of all, give me a break. They're like, oh, well, a lot of people have lightheadedness after a concussion, which, again, this is what happens as you get older. And I'm not I'm not making fun of this here. This is something that we're all going to face at some point in our lives. Things start piling up on top of each other. I'm reading that book, Outlive, uh, by uh, is it Dr. Peter Atia, I think his name is. And, you know, he talks about this, about how when you don't, when you, when you start going downhill with your health, one thing leads to another. If you have a fall, that's because you were not in good health in the first place. But that fall isn't just the result of all of those things. It winds up being a, 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 a snowball going down a hill and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It causes the next health problem. Then you can't walk around for a couple months. Uh, then you've got to have a surgery that you might have problems recovering from. And when you can't walk around, your mobility gets worse. Your stability gets worse. It's, it gets, it's a, you try got to fight that moment as long as you can. He's already had that moment. He had a concussion and now he's having all these effects afterward. This does not mean you, uh, you know, uh, you go to Oregon and you ask for, you know, the new Dr. Kevorkian to come help you out. He may have many years to live and he should live those years happily with his family, not leading the country, not being the minority leader in the Senate. It's completely ridiculous. And at the very least, we have to get him out of leadership. He should not be a, the leader of the Republican Party, basically, right now. If you take out the presidential candidates, that's who this guy is. He's the most prominent Republican in the country. He's the most impactful Republican in the country. He's the guy working the strategy behind the scenes all the time. And we can't depend on him to get through a speech because he may have to stop for 30 seconds. I mean, I mean that, was the, that was a human buffering we watched. That's not supposed to happen. It's happening all the time with Dianne Feinstein. It's happening all the time with John Fetterman. It's happening all the time with Joe Biden. And now it's happening with Mitch McConnell, too. And a lot of people accused the right of saying, hey, well, you're just doing this for politics. You don't care about these people. I do care about them. I actually do care about them. I want the best for them. But what I will say is I was critical of Dianne Feinstein and said she should get out. And I'll say the same thing about Mitch McConnell. This has to be over. This can't keep happening. It's a disgrace. It's an embarrassment to the country. It's sad. I feel bad for him as a person, but I also feel bad for the country and honestly the party as well, because if this is the guy leading, that's not really good. Now, the reports are the, that his first call after all of this went down was to John Cornyn, another senator, to basically say, hey, you're about to see some crazy videos. Don't think you're getting my job yet. What is happening to our country? Is power so important to you that you're going to watch this allow people to see this play out in front of their eyes, in front of the country. This isn't going to be something that you go through with your family at home in a safe place. You're going to instead be in the middle of a speech and have this happen over and over and over again. Is power that important to you? Really? You really can't see yourself losing power. You have to stay there no matter what. Really? This happens with people all the time. You know, and we, we can name all the people that it's happening to. There's a, a lot of them. 
uh, that are just not sharp enough. And it's not even an age issue. It's, it's a sharpness issue. There's tons of them in Washington, and that doesn't even include the alcoholics and drug addicts that we know are there. I mean, we, 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 we have like four people left in Washington if we kicked everybody out, but at least we can kick out the, the people who can't keep it together in public, the worst examples. Shouldn't that be a basic goal? These people are not in the government for the people. They're in the government for themselves. And they're in the government for their own power. And sadly, for the people, the aides that are around them and their power, their connection to all the levers of power in Washington. You know, the founding fathers didn't make careers out of this. That's not what they were doing. And we have this real flaw in the system where the only way we could stop this with something like term limits needs to be voted on by the people who have the power. And they're not going to do that. It's sad. I would be I would accept at this point uh, allowing people to be grandfathered in. And I, I really do mean I maybe great, great, great grandfathered in and just say, hey, if you're in office now, you don't have to deal with the term limits. They affect the next generation because I, we got to stop this at some point. The thing about term limits, which is incredible, is it's among the most popular proposals in our public discourse. This is not a borderline issue. It's not a Republican issue. It's not a partisan issue. Why don't we have candidates really speaking out about this? The only one I've really heard with any passion at all talk about it was Nikki Haley. Um, Now, President Trump did run on this uh, back in 2016, was elected president, and unfortunately just never really made it to the top of his priority list, never really did anything on it. A couple times talked about it, but that was about it. Uh, We need someone who really is aggressive on this. And let me try to sell you. If you're a candidate, you're watching this show right now. We know some of them do watch. If you're watching right now, do you understand how popular this is? This is not a partisan uh, proposal at all. Let me give you this from Ipsos and Reuters. Two thirds of Americans agree that there should be upper age limits for uh, service as president, senator and member of House of Representatives. So this is a little bit of a different proposal, not a term limit proposal, but an age limit. And an age limit is a little bit weird because There are plenty of 80-year-olds that are capable of doing these jobs. You know, uh, Glenn had a podcast with Alan Dershowitz today. Alan Dershowitz is not a guy I would agree on on a lot of uh, policy issues, uh, so I wouldn't be uh, excited to vote for him per se, but he's super sharp, like sharper than any 40-year-old you ever talk to. He's 80, he's turning 85 this week. He's an older guy, but he can do this really, really well. He has no problems. You see people, you know, there's other senators that are, you know, Bernie Sanders is one of the oldest senators in the Senate. And while his policies are terrible and he's kind of a lunatic, I wouldn't say that his age is a problem. Uh, You know, he seems to be able to do the job poorly and he's a crazy person, basically a communist. But hey, I don't see him stopping in the middle of speeches and losing his train of thought for two minutes at a time. It's not about age. It's about how long this lasts, the constant quest for power, and how power just calcifies for a lot of these people. Let me give you a poll on term limits. And this is uh, this has been incredibly popular and consistent over a long period of time. This goes back to 2013, this particular poll. But 75% of adults support and would vote for term limits. That includes a wide swath of every single ideological breakdown. 82% of Republicans, 79% of independents, and even 65% of Democrats agree, yeah, we should have term limits. This should not be a job that you go into until you die. This shouldn't be, this shouldn't be uh, an entrance to essentially what winds up being your wake. 
This should be a job you do for a period of time in your prime, and then you leave and you go do something else. Whether it's going back with your family or a private sector job, do something else with your time. This isn't the end all be all of your entire life to sit here and be focused on gaining and maintaining power. Now, that poll is a little bit old. What's happened in the past decade? Well, we have an updated poll from this year. 2,700 registered voters were uh, polled. It was conducted by the Program for, the Pub for Public Consultation at the University of Maryland's School of Public Policy. Passing a constitutional amendment to establish term limits in Congress was favored by 83% of registered voters nationally. With little difference between partisans, 86% of Republicans, 80% of Democrats, and 84% of independents. Bipartisan support for this proposal has remained steady since PPC's first public consultation survey on term limits in 2017 which found 80% in support. You notice a rising tide here. The number's going up, not down. More people are saying, no, this is ridiculous. And this goes back, it's been going on for a long time. It's been a proposal for a long time. But the people in office need pressure from people like us, or this doesn't work. Only principled people actually follow up on this. I'll give you one. Uh, Jim DeMint, Senator Jim DeMint, who's no longer in the Senate now, but he did try this back in, what was it, 2012, the Senate soundly rejected his amendment uh, from Senator DeMint, supporting term limits on members of Congress. His uh, amendment would have expressed the non-binding sense of the Senate of the Constitution ought to be amended to place limits on how long members of Congress can serve. It was rejected 75 to 24. It wasn't even binding, and they wouldn't vote for it. This is a really important thing and would solve a lot of the problems long term, not immediately, but long term. We need different people going into Washington different people with different priorities that see this as an important part of their life, not their entire life. It's just ridiculous. And now we're getting to the point where people can't even physically do the job. We've got to change this. The incumbency gives too much of an advantage. If we're going to have this system where, we're, you know, where money and power is so important to people's elections, we have to have limits. It's why we have them for the presidency, and we should have them for Senate and Congress, too. All right, we've been talking about replacing ancient politicians with fresh blood. So coming up after the break, I will introduce you to a brand new candidate for president in 2024 that might just turn this country around. Stay tuned. What would it be like if all of a sudden the global medication supply chain of antibiotics just disappeared right before our eyes? Most of our medicine is made in places like India and China. And look, they don't care about you as much as you care about you. I can promise you that. If uh, there's a big issue, they're going to keep their stuff. They're not going to be sending it to us. And we saw this during uh, COVID. There was all sorts of problems, and there still remain problems with supply chain on medication. Jace Case is from Jace Medical. Uh, it's the Jace Case. It's a way to keep yourself prepared for the worst. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, uh, respiratory illnesses, uh, sinusitis, skin infections, a whole lot more. It's a great way to be uh, ready for shortages. It's great to be... Uh, prepared for traveling. If you get sick while you're overseas, you don't want to deal with some crazy centralized healthcare program. Go to jacemedical.com, jacemedical.com. Enter the code Stu at checkout. The promo code is Stu at jasemedical.com, jacemedical.com. It's the Jace case from Jace Medical. The code is Stu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it 
a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. America, a nation in need of a true leader. Do you want a politician to go to Washington? Well, that's not me. I'm not saying I'm perfect, far from it. For example, I've struggled with alcohol, seriously struggled uh, on a daily basis to this day. And by that, I mean like on this day, like today. Specifically, I have struggled with how to hide the alcohol that I'm drinking while I'm driving. I had to put it way under the seat. Way, way under the seat. And when I when I veered down to grab the alcohol, I went off the road and I crashed through the employment parking lot at the Rustic Haven Wildlife Sanctuary. You might have heard that I've killed a lot of llamas. So what? The local paper called it a llama cost. I don't care about that. The llamas. Every one of them. Every one of them should be But as I said, I, I've learned from my mistakes. I got my act together and I started my own small business, selling methamphetamine to high school students, mostly the lacrosse team, whom I might add had their best season ever until I bribed them to throw the semifinal game to win a bet that I had made to replace the money that was missing from a Ponzi scheme that I was running at the Thirsty Oak Hospice and Crematorium. A few of the old ladies just kept surviving and surviving and surviving no matter what fumes and gases I pumped into the pinnacle hall. It was a medical miracle. Thanks a lot, Agnes. Just die. Die, Agnes. Die. But I I don't mind telling you about that past because I am a straight shooter. Most of the time, sometimes I miss, like when I tried to shoot my fat neighbor's pet ferret and hit the meaty part of her gigantic tangles instead. Or, or that time I threw the bowling ball at the plastic bag that I had filled with kittens and it missed and it rolled and rolled all the way down a hill and then off of a cliff and down 350 feet and it did land on a tent. I don't know what was in that tent, but it definitely made a really squishy noise. Like it was super loud and really, really wet. But now I have kids and having children has a way of calming a man down. I'm just a dad. I do lots of dad stuff now. Sometimes I'll take the kiddos to their swimming lessons and I'll drop them in the deep end before I make my way over to that maintenance closet that runs parallel to the girls' locker room. I mean, it wasn't me who put that hole there, but like, if there's a hole, you can be damn sure I'm gonna look through it. And don't tell me it's creepy because you can see the same stuff on the internet. By that, I mean I record the stuff from the locker room and then post the footage on the internet. Plus, I have way worse stuff on a hard drive. Yet, in spite of all my shortcomings, there's one undeniable truth that qualifies me to receive your vote at this critical time. I am not Joe Biden. Like, I'm 0% Joe Biden. I'm not him. Anyone other than him. Do you get it? Like, worst case scenario, I'll be the second worst president you've ever had. I mean, my son's like 14 years old. He just started 
doing heroin. He hasn't even tried a lot of the drugs. He's sleeping with hookers, but he hasn't impregnated any of them yet. We have no idea how this turns out. Maybe it'll even be positive. Maybe I won't trade national secrets for his freedom. Who knows? At least there's a chance I won't screw the country up. Vote for me. Vote for anyone, anyone other than this guy. His name is Joe Robinette Biden. His middle name's literally Robinette. How can we have a president that has a name Robinette? Just stop this nonsense. Anything but four more years of this guy. Please, I beg of you. Oh, and by the way, it was my cocaine in the White House. Send me back to Washington, D.C., and I'll pick it up with my nose. <laughs> Uh, completely ridiculous. Uh, that is, of course, James A. McDice, the new presidential candidate who is uh, available, by the way, on YouTube. If you want to share that with a friend, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, this, so far, it's done really, really well. It's YouTube.com slash America. And, of course, the anyone but Joe Biden T-shirts and mugs and such are available at StuDoesMerch.com. Anyone but Joe Biden is the case of James A. McDice. Uh, Thanks so much for watching that, by the way, and uh, dropping comments in and clicking like and sharing it with everybody. It's done really, really well since it came out a couple days ago. Uh, really awesome uh, reaction, and we're excited about that. You know, if you've been uh, watching the show from the beginning, you might remember that we launched this show in February of 2020, which was an interesting time to launch a show that wanted to do a bunch of comedy. Uh, not the most hilarious of times for a lot of people. And I think it was three weeks after we started the show was, you know, the, the shutdown and all that stuff began. And, you know, we really had to shift gears on the fly, largely because there's no one here. And it was really just me, maybe one other person in this gigantic studio, uh, the people, a couple of people out in the uh, control room, and then nobody else. So doing stuff like that really wasn't an option for a really long time. And it's something that we wanted to do from the beginning. One of the things I wanted to do with the show was to make points in different ways. You know, yes, we'll come out here and we'll rant about all the issues of the day. We'll do interviews. We'll do all that stuff. But I don't think there's enough of uh, the, the comedic approach uh, on, on the conservative side. And uh, it's something I've, I've always liked doing. If you you know remember my old show, Wonderful World of Stew that was on this network, had a lot of that in there. We obviously do a lot of that on radio as well. And it's something that we've wanted to do more of, honestly, for a long time and haven't been able to do it. So I'm really excited that we're able to do stuff like this now and hopefully give you this stuff a lot more regularly. Um, I really do want to do a lot more of these. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's they take a lot of time, even though they're not as long as a regular show. They take a lot more time uh, than a regular show does to really put together. Uh, so we hope you'll be uh, looking for those. We're going to be doing going into production on those um, uh, on uh, on Fridays and, and doing more of that to kind of, you know, it's going to be a lot more work on our end. But I think it's something that can shake it up a little bit. It's one of those things, those types of segments, if you hit them right. They can kind of break out of the walls. You know, we have a lot of great people watching the show and we've been growing consistently since the beginning. But it's about reaching out to people who aren't watching the show as well. And this is one of those great ways of bringing people on to hear the actual full message of the show. And we suck them in with idiotic commentary like that. Uh, so we're going to be doing more of those uh, and we'll be doing a day of production per week on that. So hopefully you'll be enjoying that uh, coming up soon. And look, we all know that eventually we're going to get canceled for something that we say. It might as well be in an idiotic comedy bit instead. 
So that's going to be coming. Um, you know, everyone's so tense. Everybody's worked up all the time. Everybody's freaking out all the time over everything. And honestly, this kind of goes on both sides. We all know, of course, the left freaks out about every little thing. But especially during primary season, everybody on the right's really super duper tense as well. You know, as I've always said, primary season is the dumbest season. People who agree with each other on 98% of issues act like one side is, you know, one side is the Palestinians and one side is the Israelis. Like, it's, it doesn't have to be like that. And it is a lot. I like to just laugh at stuff, honestly. Um, so the reaction's been really good to that. I will say there has been a couple of people who are like, are you doing Donald Trump? You got a blonde wig on, you must be doing Donald Trump. Contrary to popular belief, Donald Trump is not the only person with blonde hair. I know this is really difficult. Uh, Donald Trump, first of all, the guy's name is James McDice. That's not Donald Trump's name. If I was doing Donald Trump, I would just do Donald Trump. Which, I, you know, look, I don't mind making fun of anybody, so maybe we will do it at some point. But that was not a Donald Trump bit. You've got, uh, I'm not 80 years old. I'm not, uh, I don't have a New York accent. I don't have a comb over. I, uh, I, I don't see why you would think. I Specifically in the segment, I say, hey, um, vote for anyone. Uh, vote for me. Vote for anyone other than Joe Biden. And then I show a picture of Donald Trump as another option other than me. James McDice. I just don't even understand it. I will say, too, the first problem um, our friend James has is he's a heavy drinker, which is the like entirely the opposite of anything that anyone knows about Donald Trump. The guy's never had a drink in his entire life. It's just that like, people are so sensitive. And look, I realize that uh, people are that way. I, I don't think you are. If you're a viewer of this show, you probably have no feelings left, honestly, at this point, after going through the last few years. But I do appreciate that everyone is uh, checking the bit out and sharing it. We're going to have a lot more to come on that front. Uh, we got to be able to chill and have and laugh at crap. I mean, that's got to be something that's, that happens. We had, uh, we've had Dave Landau on here. He's doing a great job here at The Blaze uh, with this stuff. We've had, um, uh, of course, the guys from Babylon Bee who do a lot of this stuff, too. It's an important part. If we leave this out, we're going to miss a lot of people who like to laugh and make fun of stuff. So we're going to do that uh, coming here in the next uh, weeks and months. So we do appreciate you hanging out for that. We have more. We have uh, Steve Krakauer coming up to talk to you about the media, uh, Mitch McConnell, and so much more. That's next. So if you are someone who wants to buy or sell a home, what do you do? You need to get a real estate agent. How do you find one? Well, you go on the internet and you click the name under the house you're looking at. That's a terrible idea. That's usually the person who's listing the house for the seller. So now, you know, they're working for both of you. And look, some agents can do that and, and, and do a fair job. But don't you want someone on your side uh, of the transaction? I know I always do. And how do you find that person? Well, the best people are at realestateagentsitrust.com. I was just talking to someone who works here recently, used realestateagentsitrust.com, did not inform them that they worked here at The Blaze. Of course, it's Glenn Beck's company, so that would have been interesting information. But uh, talk to them and say, like, I just had the greatest experience with this agent. It was awesome, all the way to the end until they actually figured out I work for Glenn. And they were like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that. You work for Glenn. Um, it's cool. These are good people. They do the transactions the way they're supposed to be done. And you can trust in them. Realestateagentsitrust.com, the best agents in the area. It's real estate realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm happy to welcome Steve Krakauer back to the studio. He's the editor of Fourth Watch and the author of Uncovered, How the Media Got Cozy with Power, Abandoned, 
its principles and lost the people, which you can pick up wherever you get your books. Uh, Steve, so thanks for so much for coming back in the studio. Appreciate uh, anytime. Thanks, yeah. Steve. Um, let me start with when I started the show with, which is this Mitch McConnell thing. Yeah. It's really sad. Like, I feel terrible about watching this happen. But if we're going to be consistent at all as people, uh, as people who might be critical of what the Democrats have done with all of the people going through their problems, you have to call this out, right? I mean, this is, it's, it's insanity. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, speaking of consistency, we see the consistency of both parties uh, really trying to cover this, you know, essentially cover it up, mm. if you will. I mean, there, there's Biden today talking about, oh, you know, I think Mitch is fine. You know, it's like they're both, they're, there's a vested interest in both parties in keeping the people in power that, that are already there in power. Uh, and, and I think that it's, you know, incumbent on people on the outside, like you and I, to call it out on both sides. Because, yeah, look, it's disturbing. And it's sad, obviously, it's just, you know, he's an old man, he was there for a long time, he did great service. Uh, it's, this, is, this is a bad reflection for America uh, on the world. And, and it's, it's obvious for everyone to see. And the fact that we're not calling it out, the fact that it, there's not this more concerted effort on the part of the right to say, I'm sorry, you know, Senator McConnell, it's, it's your time to step off the stage. The fact that that's not happening should be an eye-opening for all of us who are on the outside to say some, this is just another sign of what's going on, uh, you know, in this sort of uniparty system there. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see that one of the first things he did, I don't know, maybe he also called his, ca his family or whatever, but like the reporting was he called people like John Cornyn, yeah. who they know they, they want... Uh, he wants his seat really badly. He wants his leadership role really badly. He called all the leadership people to be like, just so you know, yes, I just froze in the middle of another <laughs> press conference, but I'm keeping this job. I mean, it's really it's like separate from politics, just disgusting. It's, it's like I feel terrible watching it. I feel terrible for his family and for for him at some level as well. It, it feels like there, it's not him making these decisions. It's the people around him who don't want to let go of this power. It is. And, and I honestly, like you could you go around the, the line. There are do seem to be more of the Democratic side with this. You know, you got Biden, you got Feinstein. But I, the part, the one it made me think of the most was Fetterman, mm. um, honestly. Obviously, there are different situations. You know, Fetterman with a stroke, and he, and he was younger and doing fine until he had the stroke. I understand that. But it's the people around him. You know, you look at that that video, and you watch the whole thing, and these people, they're the... the, the the aides who were with Senator McConnell, yeah. they knew what was going on. Yeah. They were coaching him through it. And and in the same way that you see it with Fetterman in some cases, whether it's his family or his aides, they're they're it's I don't want to say puppet along the way to it, but they're they're participating in this in a way that's really gross. Yeah. I, I think and and you know it's 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 unfortunate. They had a game plan. Yeah. Like they knew what they were going to do in this situation. You can tell the way she says it to him. She's like screaming into his ear to like wake him up. <laughs> And it doesn't work. Right. And everything at the end of the day, no one who's there to ask questions even bothers to ask about what just happened. That, right. I mean, there, were, there were two other questions that happened after. Yeah. And it's like, Daniel Cameron, what do you think? And she's like, Daniel Cameron, yeah. Daniel Cameron. And he's like, oh, he gives his canned Daniel Cameron answer and then shuffles off. And you're like, is anyone going to ask what's going on here? Are we okay with what's, what's going on? It is, it is also a reflection of the press that, that we're not getting more stories like it, to be honest. But maybe we are now. I mean, I think, there, you know, you say, oh, two strikes, maybe there's a third. I think this, I would imagine this will open the floodgates. I, we'll see. 
we are seeing some coverage negative on McConnell. Of course, it's yeah. from the same people who said it was off limits to ask about any of the Democrats, right. which is kind of transparent. And we see this bias through everything. Uh, one of the things you actually posted earlier this week I thought was fascinating was a mass shooting chart. We should show it to people here now. <laughs> this is available on Twitter. I tweeted it artwork. as well. It is, it's, first of all, beautiful artwork. <laughs> but it's a flow chart, a bunch of boxes, and it basically asks, brings you through how the media is going to cover a mass shooting. And again, this is dark, but it's so true. It, uh, which race are the victims is, is the place you started this. And you can follow this and you should go through all of these <laughs> options. I, I ask you to try to find a flaw in this. This is exactly how this plays out every single time, where if it's a white, if it, they're non-white victims, then they're, they're going to cover it unless it's a non-white assailant. And right. then they don't cover it. And, and you go through all these options. And the fact that you could do this, and I don't know how long it took you, but it, the fact that you can predict every one of these outcomes tells us so much about how bad the media is. It is. It, it's, it's really, it is a sad reflection on the state of the media that it's so easy. I mean, I, I think I put that together in about 20 minutes. Just in, 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 And obviously, this was in the wake of Jacksonville and the shooting there, which, you know, any mass shooting is tragic. Um, but it made me think of the, the three things that really crossed my mind were the Jacksonville shooting, the Nashville school shooting by the trans shooter who we still have not seen the manifesto yeah. from that disappeared from the headlines pretty much as soon as we found out that the, the perpetrator was a trans person. And then uh, just the weekly, I, there's, there's a local Chicago paper that every Monday publishes, this is how many people got shot and killed mm -hmm. over the weekend. It's just, it's just a story that happens in the local paper. And it's, you know, every weekend it's maybe three to 10 that die and 15 to 30 that are shot. I mean, it's, it's shocking, it's disturbing. And, it, and, and you just look at that and, and most of those Chicago stories as I looked at the victims and the perpetrators was for the most part, African-American victims and African-American uh, perpetrators. And, and that's really the basis for this, right? I mean, obviously what happened, anytime people are dying for any reason, they're being killed, it's, it's, it's unfortunate and it's sad, but what, do the, what, what does the media focus on? You know, we, they talk all the time about how many mass shootings, there are hundreds, right? I mean, right. Obviously they use some ridiculous <laughs> metric to come up with how many mass shootings there are. But if that's how many mass shootings there are, then why is there, is not blanket coverage? We need a mass shooting channel that every time there's a mass shooting, we're gonna get it. No, no, they pick and choose and it's very, unfortunately, it's very targeted and we know exactly why they're choosing it. In this particular case, if, if it's a white perpetrator, particularly if you can attach them to some sort of like MAGA and uh, you know, it's, it's their, maybe their white supremacist leanings and it's racist shooting. I mean, the more you can do that, the better chance you're gonna have massive media coverage from it and also blame that goes along with it. You know, the blame to mm. Ron DeSantis for some reason. Okay, well now it's Ron DeSantis' fault. It's like, we never look at the politicians on the Chicago shootings. Or, you know, it's just, it's just really, it, the hypocrisy, I think it's, no, it's not more clear in any other story in the media than when it comes to gun violence. Uh, and it's, it's, it's bad for the audience. Yeah, and you, you really realize that the, the victims themselves are not worthy of the coverage that they want because right. just people getting shot and dying is not what they're looking for. You know, you're obviously executive producer for the Megyn Kelly show, and, and, and she was talking about this earlier this, uh, this week. She brought up three different shootings. I, don't, I had never heard of any of them, any no. three. They were all shootings that were exactly the same circumstances at the Jacksonville shoot, uh, shooting, with the exception of the colors were reversed. It was a, a, a black assailant and, a, and white victims. Right. Again, like, I don't, th I would look at a, a, a situation where three people get shot and think it's very tragic, but it's really not a national news story, most likely. Um, and it wasn't in those three cases at right. all. But in the Jacksonville case, of course, it is. So you can blame Ron DeSantis and you can uh, blame racism and you can blame all the things that are pre 
determined in the coverage. And like that, again, predetermined, we've got a whole sheet that lays it out. And the fact that you can predict that is the problem. Right, and, and let's just reverse the roles for a second. If one of those shootings that, that you know we found, that, that it was a, a African-American shooter and white victims, if that was elevated from a local news story to a national news story, what would the coverage of that be by the corporate press to a news outlet that put this huge emphasis on this story yeah. as if it's, if it's a majorly important story? They would probably be called racist. Well, mm -hmm. well what about when, when this happens here in Jacksonville? What about the choices you make? You know, that one of the biggest biases, I think, in the corporate press that people don't talk about enough is a bias of omission. What gets chosen not to be covered? Uh, and because every time you make a decision about what gets covered, things don't get covered. And, and shootings, it's, there's a perfect example of it. And every time you see the media put a story out there as a national news story that's a shooting, look about the, the, the details of that mm. story and, and start to understand what they're choosing not to cover in those scenarios as well. It is really, really embarrassing. And of course, Ron DeSantis was a big part of why the Florida one was picked up. Right. And the DeSantis coverage is interesting to me because look, whether you like DeSantis or not, he's currently trailing by about 40 points in this race, yeah. right? Like it's not a particularly close race. The typical way the media would do this is they would target the guy at the top. And of course they're doing plenty of negative uh, Trump coverage. But I think looking at the coverage in the New York Times, sometimes you get on there and there's an entire section of news that's just negative about Ron DeSantis, who's right. a guy who's like at 18% in the polls and way back. Are they just scared of him? Or do they think that with all the Trump legal stuff, maybe Trump fails and they need to be ready to take out Ron DeSantis? I can't really, I mean, it seems different than other campaigns. It de definitely is different. I, I think that there is definitely some holdover remnants of anti-DeSantis sentiment from COVID and from his rise. Obviously, you know, in 2022, he was the star GOP candidate coming out of that election mm -hmm. um, in how he performed versus some of the others. So they're going to go after him for sure. Um, but, you know, the cynic in me would say, and I, and I, I think that there's absolutely some some, some of the people on TV actually say this explicitly, they want Donald Trump to be the nominee, you know, he, in the sense that he will be very easy to beat, they believe. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're, you know, why attack him now? Wait until he wins the nomination, then you can go after him, you know? I mean, he's got enough going on with the four to seven, you know, trials <laughs> that he might be going through next year. Right. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're gonna set their, their sights on the DeSantis of the world, wait for Vivek, maybe Nikki Haley, if she starts bumping up. Uh, they'll, they'll save their fire for, for Trump when it comes to the general election. Yeah, it does seem like that is their plan. Uh, you know, at least a lot of people in the media and yeah. certainly they, you know, in the Democratic Party, like we can beat Trump. And and look, they've tried that before. Yeah. I think they tried that in 2016. It didn't work out all that well. Yep. Um, and it might not work out all that well again. But they do really seem like their their eggs are in that basket. They are ready to do this. It's really uh, fascinating. But let's talk about Vivek for a second, because yeah. here's a guy who, you know, he's did media hits. He was a, he wrote a, a really uh, uh, well received by conservatives book about wokeness. He's yep. done a lot. He's, he's been around. And I don't think I, but as he's run for president, I don't think I've ever seen a candidate that has divided like my audience more than Vivek. Like there's 50% of people who absolutely love the guy, 50% absolutely hate the guy. You know, even with Trump, like there's definitely love and hate, but it wasn't 50-50 at any point. That's interesting, yeah. This is really like, he, he, people don't know what to make of him. I think they're simultaneously excited by how, you know, how well-spoken he is, and but then also kind of turned off from his car salesman type act at times. How do you feel about Vivek and, and how the media is covering him? Yeah, I, I think Vivek is, is going to be probably one of the most fascinating campaigns to watch over yeah. the next, you know, three to four months. You know, we've got a, a debate a month happening. 
Obviously, the, the, the primaries and the caucuses begin early next year. What happens in that interim period when it comes to Vivek, I think, is going to be really a, a key to, to follow in, in, the, in, the, in the entire media landscape. Mm. Um, yeah, Woke Inc. was a huge hit book, um, and, and he does a ton of media appearances based on that. And he speaks the language in a lot of ways that I think resonate really, really well with, with conservatives. I think, you know, Woke obviously became associated with Ron DeSantis, and so I think he has some of that language. He's got some of the, the Trump language and also some of the, the substance of, I think, what is a more MAGA philosophy when it comes to the GOP race. But this is really a style substance thing. I, yeah. I think that there are, are a lot of people that I talk to that are really interested in what he's saying in the sense that they, they support a lot of the positions that it seems like he goes down that road. When it comes to style, that's where it really starts getting split. What do you see? Do you see someone who's going to go on MSNBC and fight Andrea Mitchell and CNN and fight Dana Bash? Great. Do you see someone that looks like they're the, the you know, the smart kid in the class who yeah. always raises their hand and gets straight A's and and is tries to say he's better than the teacher. Yeah, you might see that too. And and so what are you able to kind of square that? Are you able to kind of hold both those things in your mind and feel comfortable with it? I I think he's rubbing some people the wrong way, even if they like certain aspects of him. Yeah, I, I do. He's, it'll be interesting in the next debate. I do expect him to correct some of that eagerness, that, yeah. that over eagerness. He, he he's a smart guy, and I think he'll he'll see that he came off a little strong at, at moments. Maybe a few too many Red Bulls before the debate. Right. Um, we got about you know, 30, 45 seconds left. Can you give me 30 to 45 seconds on the new head of CNN? Yeah, Mark Thompson, formerly the CEO of the New York Times and the BBC before that, is a business guy. You know, this is not someone who's necessarily going to walk in with this massive editorial vision. I see this as more reflection of the old regime, and that regime ended up kind of taking over in the interim after Chris Licht was pushed out a couple months ago. David Zaslav of the world, John Malone's of the world, they do not want that regime, the Jeff Zucker holdovers, mm -hmm. to be running CNN. That is very clear now. They need that. They need some new blood in there, new people. Uh, and I think that that, you know, if, and again, I, I was a supporter of Chris Licht getting the job. I think that it does need new blood. I think it does need people that are, are journalism first. I don't think they had that towards the end of the Jeff Zucker era. They didn't have that in the interim. So hopefully there's better days ahead for CNN. I, I think that this is this is a possibility, but I do think that this is a guy who's not going to do massive changes. He's going to be tinkering around the business side of things. All right. Uh, Steve Krakauer, be sure to check out his book, Uncovered, How the Media Got Cozy with Power, Abandoned Its Principles, and Lost uh, the People. Lots of really great stuff on, inside on CNN, in particular in the book. Uh, and of course, he's over at Fourth Watch and uh, the Megyn Kelly Show. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks, too. You know, some people have accused some of the people going after Trump in all these cases as maybe doing this for different reasons than justice. Well, just to add to that, uh, they're going to be now streaming the entire YouTube, uh, on YouTube, the entire trial in Georgia. Because that's just totally necessary. Not, not at all to make a, a circus out of this, but that's what's going to be happening. So we'll we get to see all of that. That'll be fun. Uh, we also have a, a, a debate coming up September 27th. Uh, they're announcing now, I guess, officially on Fox Business Channel. It's going to be Dana Perino and Stuart Varney to co-moderate the GOP primary. It should be, they should do a good job. I, th I think they probably uh, will. Now, if you're thinking about what, what happened to Joe Biden in all of this, because a lot of people are saying that maybe he committed some crimes too. And one way to get to the bottom of that would be an impeachment inquiry. And the White House wants you to know 
they're very concerned, Republicans, about your political future. This might hurt you politically, so I wouldn't do it if I were you. White House warns GOP that Biden impeachment will backfire. And they're just so concerned over the negative consequences that could come out of an impeachment inquiry for the Republicans, not for them. For the Republicans, they're worried for their friends, the Republicans. That's the line you're supposed to believe. And uh, of course I do. Um, Look, the the impeachment is not going to get Joe Biden out of office because of what's going to happen in the Senate. But what is interesting is an inquiry does give them additional powers uh, to be able to investigate further. And that would be an interesting thing. If they can get close to this, it may very well be worth going for it. Certainly Biden deserves it. It's just a matter of politically whether it's the best decision. That decision will be made here in the coming months. Back in a second. As we go through the election season, we're going to have great coverage for you here on Blaze TV and on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash America. A couple different things. Of course, we'll be doing extended coverage on debate nights and election nights and, you know, whenever a big story breaks. So make sure to click the bell uh, for notifications for when that's happening on the YouTube page. Also, we're going to be releasing these comedy bits as we go forward. As we're getting them produced, you'll be all sorts of stuff on, you know, whether it's politics or good cultural stuff. We're going to have a good time with those. And they're very shareable, uh, so make sure you do so. Check it out. Send them to your friends. Uh, we would really appreciate you uh, doing that. Also, um, if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. You're going to be getting a lot of this stuff early uh, before everyone else. It's uh, one of the because you're special. They're like, do you want to put it up early for Blaze TV subscribers? I'm like, hell yeah. Whatever the subscribers want, they get it. They're awesome. So blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. And the uh, anyone but Biden line of merch is available at stewdoesmerch.com. Promo code is stew10. Thanks for watching.